0: Confessional, your weekly Google podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 232, and welcome back to the front porch here in Phoenix, Arizona. I want to first off start by saying I apologize for the sound quality in the last episode. I realized as I was putting my microphone and everything together today that I made a mistake on the, on the last episode. Uh, for some reason it didn't, I wish you could see my setup that I have here, my, like my studio that I is a mobile studio that I bring to my front porch. It's like, it's like my computer sitting on my stand where I hold my coffee. I'm out like I have a microphone that hooks into a stand that I have attached to that same table. And then I'm wrapped up in a blanket. Neighbors go by because I want to keep it real. You know, this is the front porch confessional. The front porch is where I'm listening and learning. And so that's where we do this thing. Uh, So apparently when I plugged in my microphone yesterday or two days ago, it didn't like pick it up. And so it was just the internal microphone. So some of you are like, man, this is so quiet. All that to say is, problem solved today. You'll get a better quality podcast today. So anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for being a part of all that's happening on this podcast. I really do enjoy doing this. I really do look forward to kind of unpacking some of the stuff. And it's so crazy. You know, as I dig into these passages... um, the joy of knowing that one i'm learning so much and then but also that there's a bunch of other people that are listening and we're learning together like it just i I get a kick out of it i just really really love that there's a whole group of people learning and growing and figuring things out together it brings me a whole lot of joy so thanks for listening thanks for those of you who continue to give i really appreciate it some of you give monthly at patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash front porch confessional thank you others of you uh send money through venmo and things like that all that support means a lot to me so i really appreciate it. and then thanks for buying the devotional uh, front porch devotional get that on amazon so thank you so much for your support there all right our passage for today uh i think i as i was digging in and going like okay where are we gonna go here for the next little bit i think i'm gonna start diving into some proverbs it's been a little bit And uh, Proverbs Wisdom Literature, uh, Proverbs is written by Solomon. Solomon's trying to help us uh, get a better understanding for how uh God works, how the world works, what it means to be wise and to be and to live out wisdom and and follow God. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. He wants to say that right off the bat. Hey, this is where we need to go. This is what it's all about. So I think we're gonna dive into some Proverbs for a while and and work through those. So and by the way, just before we hop in here, if you're looking for a place to start like reading, studying, Proverbs is a great place. It's kinda like You know, it's kind of like great advice, you know, for you to challenge. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily follow like these huge rhythms or arcs that a lot of uh, like the prophets do or even the Gospels do. There are a lot of like wisdom statements, things of, of which to kind of like hang your hat on. Um, but theologically rich in the sense that it's pointing us to follow after the Lord and what it looks like to do that and what a life of righteousness and holiness looks like. So Proverbs is a great book uh, if you're looking for a place to start reading. So we're going to be in Proverbs 3, 7, and 8. And it says this, be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, turn away from evil, It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. I love that. Be not wise in your own eyes, fear the Lord, and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones to your your bones uh a while back probably i don't know maybe 15 years ago we moved down phoenix from chicago i got a job being a foreman for a dry utility uh company dry utilities are like you know your water lines your gas lines your uh yeah those electrical lines everything is kind of buried under the ground and so i was a foreman for a crew that basically did that work and uh so Uh, What was really interesting was uh, I had a crew that wasn't a big fan of mine, and so they basically were like, go figure it out on your own, and so I would wake up at like 3 in the morning and teach myself the machines, because they didn't really want me to succeed, and they had good reason for it, Uh, the way the company brought me in wasn't the best, but... Um, so I would wake up every morning and teach myself how to run the machines. Now, here is a very, very important thing about these particular machines is you got to put the seatbelt on in order to actually get the machine to work, but, I was just too impatient for that. So what I would do is plug the seat belt in and not wrap it around my waist, but just sit on it, right? Because I got places to go, people to see. I got things to do. And so I had gotten really comfortable on these machines and uh, thought I was fine. And so um, the guys would say to me, hey, you gotta be careful, man. Like, you know, it, it, obviously all the insurance things and all that kind of stuff is like a real thing and they were like man that's not wise and I was like nah it's fine so one day I'm digging this ditch again I don't have the seatbelt on and this whole track ho- or this whole backhoe um, you can pick up the backhoe and move it with the bucket and as I did that the bucket slipped and it fell into the ditch so I I literally was launched through the front of this back, and I grabbed onto the rail right before, I mean, it was death. Like, it was that kind of thing. It's why they put a seatbelt in those things, and it's why that machine won't go unless that's plugged in. But I decided, like, I got no time for this. I got to get after this. This is a little bit about what Solomon's trying to help us understand. It's like, man, this is how you're running your life. This is how, I mean, confronting myself with this particular passage, that this at occasion with the backhoe is just a picture of a greater narrative of my life that I keep trying to find shortcuts. I keep trying to think about thing, doing things my own way. If I think spiritually, I, it just runs the same way. I think I got a better plan. I think I can shortcut this relationship with the Lord, right? Instead of uh, leaning into this thing that Eugene Peterson says about a long obedience in the same direction. It's like, no, no, no. I'm finding all these shortcuts to get there. But here's the thing, is that I'm constantly not in rest. Maybe you can relate. You know, I constantly know my soul knows, and I'm shortchanging it. I don't. am not sensing the presence of God, feeling Him. You know, and maybe some of you feel that. And so for me, this passage is like really, really confronting me because that story with the backhoe is only a greater picture of a larger narrative that I'm a part of because I'm efficient and I want to move faster. And I, and I think a lot of times I think, oh, my plan is a better plan or I can do better things. And so Solomon writes this, uh, and he writes this from the perspective uh, as if he's writing it to a son. and, And here's the great thing, is he just got done uh, writing, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not unto your own understanding, and all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. This is one of the most cherished Proverbs. One of the most cherished Proverbs in all of Proverbs. People love this, they quote it, they put it on coffee mugs. And it's so great. Um, But uh, what's interesting is most people don't kind of read on uh, to the next part of that passage, Right? Because what happens is the next part of this passage talks about what's coming into conflict with this reality that Psalms uh, or that Proverbs uh, 3, 5, and 6 is talking about. And what comes into conflict with it is this. Wisdom in our own eyes. Wisdom in our own eyes is what's coming into conflict with trusting the Lord and leaning not into your own understanding. This is why in verse 7, he's like, listen... Uh, What I'm trying to help you do is be not wise in your own eyes. And so what is that? Here's what I'm starting to think through. Pride. Pride is the real pandemic of our generation. Like we're going to start talking about this period of time. They're going to talk about, they're going to write books about this period of time for all of history from here on out. And what I think is really interesting is that pride is really a deeper pandemic that's happening. And has been happening for a long time. A pride that says, I can figure it out, or we can figure it out, and we can do it on our own. We don't need God, We'll create our own solution. What foolishness. What foolishness. This is what Proverbs is trying to get after. What foolishness. It's almost like he's like looking to his son and say, stop it. Stop it. It's not going to work. It's not working, so just stop it. So, He starts to offer us these solutions so what will help well what will help is when we begin and he will repeat this all throughout proverbs over and over fear the lord fear the lord and see i would think in this period of time and we've talked about this in other podcasts we fear a lot of things Fear is also, I would say, a part of this kind of pandemic. Our our media is promoting fear. Social media is promoting. I mean, it's just everywhere. Fear is everywhere. Fear is incredibly marketable and profitable at that point. And so our culture just continues to perpetuate fear. And what Solomon's going to keep coming back to is like, but if you fear the Lord, you just begin to trust Him. Again, fear is not something that pushes us away from the Lord; it endures us to Him, draws us near to Him. And so He's like, "This is about understanding who's really in control, who's really in charge." Fear the Lord, and this is turn from evil. And what I find so interesting is that our culture is literally. Telling us to do the exact opposite thing our culture is saying do what you think is best do what feels good you know you your truth it's about your truth it's about what you think about how you feel it's like no it's about the Lord and it's about turning from the evil of thinking that you know what's best in this world he does he will lead you he will guide you and, and what's the benefit the benefit I love this oh if you could just rest in this with me today I think it's so good What is the benefit of living this way? Of of trusting the Lord, fearing the Lord, healing and refreshment. I find it interesting that the more individualized that we've become, the more physically sick we are. (laughs) Think about that. Think about how incredible that is. The more individualized that we become, the more physically sick we are. We have become as a culture, as individuals. You know, there are exponentially more self-help books. Uh, the title alone makes me laugh so hard. Self-help. It's it's running a hundred percent against what Proverbs is trying to help us understand. Uh, so there are more self-help books now than you could ever imagine, than any other time. And yet, what we are learning is this: we can't help ourselves. We can't help ourselves. Suicide is on the rise. Depression is on the rise. Like, mental illness is on the rise. So there are more self-help books than there have ever been. It is a it is a billion dollar, I guaranteed you. I don't know for a fact. Some of you who are great researchers can go figure that out. I guaranteed you. It's in the high, high hundreds of millions to billion dollar industry. Convincing you that you can solve yourself and the Bible is going to go, Nope, you can't do it. And here's the thing, your soul knows it. Our souls know it. Our souls know we can't do it alone. So how is it that after all these years of us trying to fix ourselves, solve ourselves, we just keep getting sicker? Only Jesus can. Only Jesus can. And what this passage is saying to us is when we truly finally lean into him, we're renewed, refreshed. Our bones aren't dry they're alive our flesh is restored joy of our salvation a peace that passes all understanding a joy in the midst of even suffering and hard and and it's because we've trusted in him depended on him and this is exactly why jesus died and he rose again and he's advocating in, in intercessing for us right now we can't do it we need God and when we finally come to that moment it's kind of like our souls go (sighs) now you're wising up now you're understanding now you're getting the gospel and what it means to live in light of it because God is a loving father not a legalistic taskmaster he's a loving father that's trying to release you into life and life through the full, through his son, Jesus, and through the inspiration and conviction of the spirit. So the question is this, what are you trying to do without God? What are you trying to do without God? Father God, we need your help. Man, we need your help. We have been trying to do it on our own for so long, and we can't. We can't. We can't do it without you. We don't want to move without you. We don't want to go and live life without you. So be patient with us, please. Forgive us when we fall apart and lead us into the way everlasting as we turn our hearts and our souls to you. So, take a breath, reflect, and believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers.